Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Instructor Podcast, where every week we're joined by experts and innovators, leaders and game changers, so we can hold a mirror up at the instructor industry and see where we can improve and raise our standards. So if you're ready, we'll make a start. So welcome to episode 10 of the Instructor Podcast. I'm Terry Cook of TC Drive and the ever-expanding TCU. It's great to have you aboard to the show. Hope you're enjoying it. And if you are, make sure you follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Drops into your feed every Sunday morning. Um, and give it a share as well. If you know any other drivers or anyone else that may find the shows interesting, make sure you recommend us to them. And if you feel extra generous, go leave us a little five-star review as well. Now, in today's episode, we are joined by Mick Knowles. Now, Mick Knowles is a driving instructor and a fellow podcaster, and he talks about his days in the army and his experience with PTSD. And he also talks about how what he learned in the army and his experience with PTSD and how that impacts him as an instructor and what he uses and what he doesn't use. And then even how to that has impacted him as a podcaster. So it's been great speaking to Mick. Appreciate him coming on. Now, one thing I will just mention before we start is we did have some problems with the audio that may or may not have involved a glass of wine. But we had some problems with the audio, so we've lost the first few minutes of the show. Don't worry too much about that. We're coming at a good point and you can enjoy a good hour of conversation there anyway. There's still a lot of quality in it, but we just missed the introductory bit. But you've got it from me there. Anyway, so let's make a start and hopefully you enjoy the show. You came from the army into to being a driving instructor. What skills have you found transferable from you know, being the veteran in, that you've been able to take forward into to teaching and instructing. Um, can you hear me better now? I've just turned the volume up more. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've just realised what, what was wrong with it. Um, what skills did I, did I bring in from the army? Um, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's totally different, um, but it's not. You know, when you look at the skill sets that we had, um yeah i, I was um I, I remember one of my um in fact two of my young lads when they found out i was getting out of the army and going to be a driving instructor they both turned around and said um uh <laughs> how, how are you gonna how are you gonna cope you'll just start shouting at them and <laughs> smashing them and stuff <laughs> so because you know, there's, there's that side of it which is the discipline side um but i suppose one of the big things that's that um that i've found is that the calmness really um yeah in the army it's it's sometimes for the discipline you have to shout at people etc etc in this job i don't you know it's totally you know totally different but the jobs I was doing in the army were, shall we just say, um, high high stress jobs. Mm. Um, when you're when you're patrolling um, and you're searching for IEDs and you don't know whether your next footstep is your last, that's high pressure, high stakes, high stress. So you learn to sort of do these jobs with a, a sort of a, a chillness in you, in you, if you know what I mean. So bringing that into into this um, is one of the main uh, sort of skill sets that I, that I, that I brought across. You know, not to get stressed about it. Um, I always remember my first first time in the test centre. Some instructor turned around and said, "I would never last." because the stress would get to me <laughs> and I'm like what stress and he turned down and said well the stress of the job the pupils are out to kill you etc etc and I turned down and said can you just explain that a bit more he said yeah yeah it's simple the pupils are out to kill you you won't last 10 minutes in this job 
And I just turned around and said, look, mate, I'm sorry, but in my last job, people were out to kill me. This job, they're not. If they're out to kill me, then I'm not doing my job right. And some guy who was sat in the corner just piped up and went, I'm with you as well. I'll make some army. So so the calmness under pressure, you know, is it's just is is a great one. Um also the teaching side of it as well. I've been teaching in the army for years and years, um, more or less more or less full twenty-five years, different subjects, different um different locations, etc. So to bring to bring that in and that coaching element and, and people think oh there's no coaching in the army. There is. There is coaching in the army. Um but to bring that skill set as well from the army into into driving instructing as well. I found that pretty you know a pretty easy transferable skill. Um but also the my own driving um you know when you when you look at some of the places I've driven and some of the things I've done, um, one thing that always comes to mind is um, driving a HGV, uh, a four-tonner as it was then, over a route called Route Triangle in Bosnia um, in the middle of winter uh, with guys in the back as well, just to add a bit more pressure to you. you know, so, And you're, you're driving on roads there that mountain passes um, that's you know, sheer drops and you're driving on, you know, snow and ice and everything over the top of it. So, so that skill set there as well. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll bring that into it. I think, I mean, I've got zero military experience at all. There's nothing military in me or my family going back for generations. But my sort of take on what you said there is like you spoke about discipline. I would imagine that discipline in the army isn't about shouting and kicking off. It's about being disciplined in the appropriate way for that situation. So that the discipline as a driving instructor, I suppose will be the discipline of not shouting at your students, the discipline of controlling yourself in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got, sorry, go on. Yeah. There's, there's times it's like everything. There's a time and a place. Um, and sometimes you've got to, in, in in my previous job, you've got to shout and scream to get people to do things. Um, otherwise, things are going to go wrong. And and also, it's it's a case of if you don't shout and scream, they're not going to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> when, when when there's things going off. Um, but yeah, it's but it's it's also that flicking of that switch. So you've got to go from calm to right. Let's go. Let's yeah. Let's nail it. And it's that calmness there that you can bring into the into the car um, and just keep it chilled. I think it's good that we can take things from past experiences and bring it into to this because mm-hmm. I've done a variety of different jobs. I've worked on building sites. Uh, I worked in McDonald's. I run McDonald's stores. Uh, or professional gambler. I've done a, a variety of different stuff, and it's interesting the different qualities that you can bring into this. And I think a lot of that is because generally we're working one-on-one. So you're adapting mm. for that person. You don't have to go and put on performance for 20 people. You, you're working one-on-one. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that. And it's interesting what you said, the, the comment from that other instructor at the test center as well, because I think that brings me on to the next thing I was going to speak about, the kind of the flippant comment, or oh, this isn't right for you, or the, you know, you won't <laughs> handle this. And part of the reason behind this podcast is to to try and raise some standards within the industry. And that's not me saying that everyone's a a crap instructor. It isn't. There's a lot of quality out there. But it's Mm. looking at people like yourself uh, doing something different. And that brings us back to your podcast. Now, just tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and, and sort of what the the premises behind it and why you released it? Um, well, it's something I've been thinking about for a couple of years. I I listen to podcasts quite a lot um, and have done for a number of years. Uh, and I find that every time I listen to a podcast, I'm actually learning. You, know, you can put music on in the car and it's just music. You're not learning. So, you know, if, if I'm going down south, for example, uh, to attend a course, 
I will have a podcast on in the car and I will listen to that podcast rather than music. So and I've always I've always been interested in them, always thought I wouldn't mind doing them. But it was that thing of what am I what am I gonna do it on? You know, because doing a podcast on training an instructor to teach somebody to turn left is boring. Yeah, you know I mean, absolutely boring. Um, but when I looked at it and thought about it, I thought, yeah, I could do it on a, a holistic approach. Um, so we're looking at business, uh, sorry, sorry, we're looking at developing these certain areas like business, instructing, mental health, mental health awareness, mindfulness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes on and on. And there's loads of different aspects to it that we can develop. Um, and, and hopefully these podcasts will help to, you know, people listen to them and for them to develop. Um, but it's going. So, so that that was the the sort of the idea, the way to do it. I didn't want to do it with me just saying, right, you need to um, do this in your business or that in your business, um, because again, that's that's just not me. So, using the contacts that I've got. Um, and finding people as well, I decided that I would get guests on from inside and outside the industry um, and chat to them about their backstories. Um, and hopefully by that backstory, that might help people. So, for example, the, the first one I did was um, a guy called Tony McNally. I... Um, Never met, never met the guy before. Saw him on Twitter, followed him on Twitter. Um, had a chat with him, asked him if he'd come on. Uh, Tony's a Falklands veteran, PTSD sufferer. So he turned to writing to help with his PTSD. Um, first book he wrote was basically his, his story of the Falklands War, his part in it. And then after that, he wrote, a number of non-fictional books or fiction story books. Yeah. Can't think what it is now. Yeah. Um, so listening to people who've listened to that uh, and what they've said, you know, his story has helped. So if it just helps one person, it's, it's helping. Um, so yeah, just by getting, getting people on and, and listening to their backstories, uh, the one coming out on Friday, is a great one, um, a triple amputee um, from Afghan. And they're not all military. Um, uh, there's a number of military um, or ex-military -vet uh, veterans that I have interviewed, but they're not all military. Um, yeah, I've got world record holders coming on, all sorts of different things. Um, and just just from their, their stories, you know, whether it's in mental health or a business, you know, um, or an instructor that's wrote a book or got a new um, a new website or something like that that we can plug into and, and, and learn from, like Kev Field, um, the one that Kev's came out last Friday, Friday just gone. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, we one person learns and it's achieved its um, it's achieved its goal but so yeah that's that's the that's the did podcast um started it this this lockdown but it's been sort of in the in the process of coming for the last couple of years i suppose um what is there like a a next step for this do you have a, a next step in mind or are you just happier where it is at the minute um I'm never happy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I mean by that is I'm never happy with with just going along, if you know what I mean. So there's always other things to do. Um, so yeah, I, I similar to yourself, mine are all done on Zoom, so I've got audio and vis and uh, video as well. At the moment, it's just the audio that's going out. I have got plans um, for the video to go out as well. So it'll become a blog. Yeah, I think. Video, yeah, <laughs> video cast or whatever. I yeah. can't remember now what it's called. So that, that will come out at some point. Um, 
we probably need lockdown four for me to get the chance to, <laughs> to do that. Hopefully we don't, we don't get yeah. that lockdown though. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, and yeah, just the, the sort of the guests that I'm wanting to get, I'm wanting to get um, sort of the next level of guests. Um, you know, the, the guests I've had so far are great, but what I mean is I want to get some, um, how can I put it? Some celebrity guests on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because their stories are different again. Um, yeah, and then and then take it from from there, from the um, from that level. Um, you know, I've I've also looked at merchandise and, and and that sort of stuff, but that's probably further down the line. And and also sponsorship as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at, at the moment, expert instructor training sponsor it, but I am hopeful that there is a company that I'm sort of um, chatting to at the moment. Hopefully, they will come on board as well. So yeah, that's a. Uh, but we'll just we'll just play it by ear and, and keep developing it, um, and you know keep building it as as we go. How have you found getting people to come on? Have you had any resistance there? Or has that been quite easy? Um, I've had I've had a couple of people went. Oh no, it's not it's not for me. But mainly, most people are yeah, and a, a lot of them are coming to me now, asking to come on. Um, you know, rather than me approaching them. Um, and I've also got other people that listen to it, messaging, saying, you need to get this person on. So um, episode two, uh, which is Bish, Andy Bishop, a good mate of mine, it, he actually came on the recommendation of somebody else that I still haven't managed to get on the podcast because he's that busy. <laughs> <laughs> um is um is uh is an ex Olympics um British Olympic team skier or biathlon or something like that. Um but it's now uh, coaching. Uh so there was a there was a small window between I think he was in Norway and going to Italy, but we didn't manage to tie him down. Um he's now just finished the season in Italy, so I think that's him back now. Or will be back shortly. So hopefully I'll tie him down. But yeah, he he put us onto Bish, and I've known Bish for years, but I just hadn't thought of him. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good one to to you know to get recommended. Um, and then there's others as well that have that have contacted me, said they they they'd like they'd like to come on as a as a guest. So and is that? Know, so is that something you're after? Are you welcoming people contacting you to, to ask yeah, to come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone yeah. with uh, anyone listening to this with a story to tell or a story to share, feel free to uh, to get in touch with Mick and me actually. <laughs> but yeah, um, get in touch because you know it's it's we don't know everyone or you don't know everyone. So people get mm. in touch with you and then then coming on. Um, just regarding the the podcast itself and the episode you've done so far, is there one that stands out here? Is there one that's maybe had the biggest impact on you? Um, I think they all do, actually. Um, yeah, they, they all have some impact on me. Um, a, a little bit, I'll, I'll just digress a little bit, give you a bit more of my story and, and then you'll see another reason for me doing this um 2006 i was um i was in iraq i came back from iraq two months later i um <laughs> i had a little issue shall we say <laughs> um and i was diagnosed with ptsd um 18 months later of treatment uh, with, with a psychiatrist no tablets i didn't do any form of medication it's just um psych psychiatric treatment not in a hospital or anything i was at home every night um, i just used to go and see this psychiatrist every week or 10 days um but it had a bit of an effect on my career i wasn't allowed to even go and count weapons which you know was crazy six months after getting it all clear that i went to afghan um but then 
it's still there. You never get rid of it. You never get rid of your PTSD. It's still there. Um, you just manage it. You know how to deal with it sort of thing. Um, so a number of years ago, I was doing business uh, marketing events, business, uh, business networking events, rather. And one of the guys turned around to me and said, why don't, why don't you be a guest speaker? Because everyone, they have a guest speaker that stands up for 20 minutes and talks about something. And I turned around and said, talk about driving and such. It's boring. You know, people fall asleep. That You know, it's not anyway. No, no, no. Your story. So I agreed to it eventually. And I stood up and I did. I did one from that one. And this is talking about my PTSD and how I got it. Yeah. Um, from that one, I was then booked that day for another two or three, and then it just snowballed. So, and and the advice I give to guys that I know that are suffering is talk. You know, talk about it. Get it out. Get it out of your system. So that sort of was part of the reason for doing the podcast as well to help the guys and help other people not you know not just the person the guest but also the people listening um and also to help me so going back to that question then of of has any of them influenced you the most it's not out yet but there is one um that i did with mandy small um and i, I recorded it last week the day before I recorded the triple amputee, the triple amputee has jumped the gun because of something that he is doing, which is unbelievable. Um, if I might as well tell you, he's got one arm, no legs, just one arm. Okay. He's just ran five Ks for charity. He's now going to swim <laughs> with one arm, one K, one kilometer in the open water in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> mental so that's the reason why that's come forward but the day before i recorded him i recorded mandy small um and i said to uh, to mark i said i've just recorded mandy's story yesterday man it's just it's just hit me um he is uh xrf married to a, a former soldier who committed suicide um and that one that one hit me because you know they had a small small child um and, and the fact that he didn't talk and we know we we all know now we as veterans that we've got to talk um and there was something in there that was, that's mentioned in the podcast um that i found you know shocking um and if that hadn't have happened, then you know he might have been with us till today. Um, but his son is superb; um, does a lot of stuff for charity, and he's only uh, thirteen now. He is. Um, so yeah, that one that one had a big impact. But all of them, all of them have been great. I've loved recording every single one of them. I think I've done fifteen or sixteen, something like that now. Um, I've got one tomorrow actually as well uh, to to record, but yeah, it's um, it's good. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting from from my perspective, sort of listening to your podcast and also speaking to you now. There is always someone worse off than you, and sometimes, mm. well, largely people massively worse off than you. You know, I was complaining yesterday because I rolled my ankle in garden. But you're telling me now about someone that's you know triple amputee and is off swimming in <laughs> in the ocean, and you know it kind of puts that into perspective. And yeah, we have to be honest and realize each problems are individual to that person. You know, it's probably unfair to compare, but I think when you take a step back and look at it, we all need to do that sometimes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is it okay if I ask you a couple of questions about your experience with PTSD? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. If you don't want to answer any of them, just say no. I'm not going to pry too much. You don't have to lie down. <laughs> the PTSD, just, just again, it's not something I'm massively familiar with, but that's post-traumatic stress disorder. That's correct. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of the things that start for me when you were telling that story, and if I've misheard this, I, I apologize, but you sort of had that or developed that, or I don't know what the term is there, um, in Iraq. And then when you had, and this isn't the correct term, but I don't know how to phrase this, when you got over that, you then went to Afghanistan. Is, is that <laughs> timeline correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that just threw me. I, I, it throws <sighs> most people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying anyone's got any regrets, but if someone was in that situation now, so whether it's a, a, a you know, a military thing or a, a personal thing or something else, would would you advise that? Or would you advise them to do something different? You know, you have that that issue with PTSD. Would you say, yeah, now go to Afghanistan, or would you maybe suggest in that same situation take a breather? Um, everyone's different right everyone's different what the, the reason i did it um uh, iraq was quite kinetic um there was certain things happened on that tour um that i was caught up in shall we say um and i'd been back two months and everything was fine and <laughs> it was a bonfire night uh, and I didn't even realise you know I, just, um, I was stood there with um, my recce sergeant so I, at this point I was a staff sergeant um, I had my recce sergeant it was one rank below me he was stood there with his kids and I've got my kids and we're watching the, the bonfire and then the fireworks start and I had my daughter on my shoulders my daughter at the time was um, three, three, four, four. Yeah, four she'll have been. Um, and these fireworks went up, were going off. And all I remember was just saying to her, push, push my head down to my daughter. And when she sat on the shoulders, they used to put your head on the hand and sort of push your head down. It used to ache and I hated it. But I was telling her to do it. And my, my recce sergeant, John, um, Dave rather, Dave noticed this, realised there's something wrong. Um, and then we got back to my house. He had a chat with me. Yeah, whatever. Went into work the next day. He'd already gone into work for early, spoke to the boss, and between them, they'd, they'd organised uh, an appointment with the doctors for me. So I was straight to the doctor. Fortunately, where I was based was a, um, it was actually an RAF camp. So there was a psychiatrist there because it was, a, it was a, an active flying camp. Um, so they have psychiatrists. So I was straight to see her. Um, session one, told her you know, um, the story uh, that, that was um, the issue through that uh, and then she sent me home to to put it all in on paper and I ended up with 19 pages of A4 typed out the story was that long you know the whole thing that had happened and then we just over time went through it and got it down to to the actual root cause of it um, and then 18 months later she signed me up signed me back onto normal works then what happened that, that was that would have been about the February time, I think, February 08. Um, then what happened was um, we, we had a tasking to go to Gibraltar um, and they wanted somebody to go on the recce. So I was chosen to go on the recce. I'll do that. No doubt I was four days away in Gibraltar. <laughs> the, the recce took me about half a day. <laughs> The rest of the time I spent in um, in a casemates for anybody that knows um, Gibraltar, which is where all the bars are. <laughs> um, and and then came back and then we went to Gibraltar for the three weeks. That went fine. Um, and then it got to about it must have been July time, something like that. Um, and I remember I was at football. I think. I was watching my my lad playing football for the, for the school, and I got a phone call from 
one of my bosses who turned around and said, there's a job come, come up for you. Um, you've been trolled. You've been selected to go and do this job. Okay, what is it? Well, it's it's up to you whether you take it or not, you know, considering what's happened. And it turned out that it was um, Afghan in Kandahar, um, desk job, but one rank above. So I um, said yes straight away. And the reason I said yes is for closure. You know, that, right. that incident, um, I've, got to, I've got to prove to myself for closure that I can still do my job. Um, so the things he told me was it's Kandahar. It was um, a desk job. It was Kandahar's slipper city, you know, cushy there. And the fourth one was, it's, um, I'll be what getting paid for one for a rank higher than what I actually am. Out of them four things, there's only one of them things that was true. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got paid, I got paid for higher rank. That was it. It right. wasn't in Kandahar, um, but we didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't lie to me. It was just what had come down. Um, I found out a few days later when I made the phone call to the to the unit I was going to go with. Um, but it was up country. It was in Sangin. So again, another volatile hotspot. But chance for me to prove that that, that was okay and, and, and closure. And I told the guys once I once once I got down to this unit because it was it was a tri service so the guys were coming in from Navy Army and the RAF. And I told the rest of my team um you know about my history so they were aware of it. And if if the shit hit the fan then and I, and I went wobble then I'd be straight back home. Um, but no fortunately um I proved um I proved more than the worth and um did my job. Um and since then it's yeah it's it has its ups and downs it comes back at times but it's manageable you know you I, I know I know what it is now and you know I can put it to bed. Well so. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, mm. the term PTSD mm. do you think that is used too flippantly now yes and no what, what I mean by that is there is two there's still people out there that are saying that they've got it and I know that for a fact you know, I, I had one in my unit um, that try to get out of something because of PTSD. Um, and he was, uh, he went to see the shrink and the shrink went, no, it's fine, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with it. Um, so there is that element, but it's a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible thing. Um, you know, fortunately I'm lucky. Um, I've, I've come out the other side, but there's guys that I know that haven't and are still suffering. Um, so no, it's yes and no. Those that have got it, then yeah, they've got it. But there is some people that yeah, like anything, you know, people turn around and tell tell you they've got a bad back, won't they? Just yeah. to get out of things. Um, yeah. The the reason I ask that is I am kind of bringing it back around to the driving now in a, yeah. in a, a mm. long winded kind of way in. I think about when students come for a driving lesson and they might talk about having anxiety and mm. it's not anxiety, it's nerves. They're a bit nervous. Yeah. Yes, there are people that have genuine anxiety. There are that come for lessons, but they're a bit nervous. And I just felt that there was a parallel there, whether that, you know, like you said, there's people such as yourself who have genuine issues with PTSD. And like I said, some that are getting the help they need. Um, in fact, just on that, what if you knew someone that you've said there's people saying they've got these issues but are get, aren't getting the help, what advice would you give them? Just find someone to talk to? Or There is there is a lot of um, charities out there that are doing some great work um, that support in the military. 
yeah. veterans in action being one, SAPA support being another one. Um, contact them. If you're not a veteran, um, look at other charities. Um, and that there are some non-military charities that are doing great work as well. Um, go and see your, go and see your doctor. Um, speak though. First of all, you know, don't bottle it up. Don't be afraid of it. The, the stigma is is part of the worst. Is probably the worst thing. The stigma around mental health and, and mental health covers everything. And, you know, anxiety, uh, right down, uh, right up to PTSD, etc. Severe PTSD. That stigma. Um, of mental health is one of the worst things because people are scared to to talk about it. You know, when when I was in the army, it was um, before my incident. It was just get on with it, man up. Um, and then it, you know, when it hit me, it was like Jesus. <laughs> um, so I had people coming coming to me, um, uh, you know after after tours after they'd been on tour saying mick you know i'm waking up you know bed's absolutely soaked um waking up in you know hot you know hot sweats okay let's like, let's go have a chat and you know i, I just listen to them let them get get it off the chest um and then we'd you know we put them in get them in front of the dock and get them into the shrink you know that sort of thing um but i personally um, I would, I would prefer somebody to go and see a shrink rather than take the tablets. Yeah. Um, yeah, the tablets for me, from what I've seen with other guys, have, have made their life even worse. Um, so yeah, talk about it, see a shrink. Would you say that that your experience, both in the military and with what we've just discussed, has has actually helped you help? learner drivers that suffer with nerves anxiety panic attacks that sort yeah, of yeah. thing yeah definitely um i had uh, <laughs> i always refer back to when, when i get asked this question i always uh, come back to this one i had a learner who was bipolar she's brilliant um <laughs> absolutely off her head <laughs> superb but she'd been told by a number of people, including driving instructors and her psychiatrist, that she would never be able to pass a test. Um, she passed first time with two driver faults. But part of, part of the reason, and she this is what she said, is that we were on the same wavelength. You know, because of my issues and her issues, even though bipolar and PTSD are totally different, um, we sort of we we hit it off and we're on the same wavelength and you know i, I remember you know she'd get in the car and she'd just turn around and i'd say you know how are you oh, i've had a i've had a crap day and i'll just start you know laughing and go oh wibble let's both be wibble together and, yeah and, and it just you know cheer up and, and and then um it was another occasion when she said we were doing um, trying to work on on her controlling the car without using the brakes, and she said, um, "She said you're effing contradicting what you just <laughs> said. How can I do this without using my brakes?" Blah blah blah. So, do you want a demonstration? Yeah, yeah, I do. I can do. So we swapped over. And I, I drove this little route without using the brakes. Um, and she gets back in the car. She goes, "I can't effing do this." Said, well, you haven't tried yet. And and we had a chat. And then she got in the. She she set off and she nailed it. And she, you know, she was over the moon. But she said to me, you know, "If it was another instructor, she wouldn't have done it." But because it's me and you know what we've both been through or going through, etc. She believes in me. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> so we, um, you know, we, we hit it off and, you know, absolutely smashed the test and, you know, first time. Um, and she had great pleasure telling her psychiatrist that she'd passed the test, even though he <laughs> said you'd never pass it. Uh, that's, that's brilliant. And I find that fascinating because at the core of that, 
what you've done is you've a bonded with your student and b you've identified where they need help and like i said part of that yeah. is belief and part of that is is finding an uh, an understanding and yeah. again that kind of brings us back to this this point we were talking before about instructors and and do instructors need to move on because like I said, there were other instructors that said she wouldn't pass. Well, they've not found that bond. They've not found that. They've not found what she needed. That could be mm-hmm. because they're simply not the right fit, or it could be because they're not trying. I mean, we, we'll see a, a lot on on like Facebook groups and social media and talking at test centers and, and whatnot. These instructors that say, "Oh, I just." Uh, you know, I swear at my students, uh, I tell them I do this, I just put my foot down and make them do this. And a lot of the time that might work because that's works for that student. And then they put the blinkers down and um, on the other students that can't handle that way, rather than doing what you did and open up and embracing them. And, and do you think as an industry, we need to do more of that? Yes. Yeah, we've got to... Um, we've got to be able to turn our hand, so to speak, to to everybody and help anybody. And, and if you're lacking in a certain area, yeah, go and find that. Go and find that where to get that development from. Mm. So, for example, um, yeah. You're lacking teaching people with um, Asperger's, let's say, um, that's on the spectrum. Well, go and do um, an understanding Asperger's course or something like that. Um, and, and they run them at colleges. This, um, one of my instructors did one um, from our local college on an evening. You know, something like that. Yeah, it's it's... It's not driving related, but it gives you that little bit of understanding that might just help you rather than turning around and saying, sorry, you're never going to pass your test. So actually, I've got a little bit of understanding now. Uh, And if you've got a little bit of understanding, then you've got a little bit of common ground. And that common ground is what they will feed off. Um, And and that's that's what I did with, with with this young lass. We had that. We had that common ground, that, that mental health common ground, and um, I used it. Yeah, I like it. You made a connection, and you were able to work together. And mm. she's now gone and passed after a number of people have told her she wouldn't. And I love those stories. I find them inspiring. Mm. And um, but again, it, coming back to our industry, there there is that almost a closed door mentality. You know, if you don't do it my way, or if you don't do it the way we've done it for thirty years then you're doing it wrong. You know, why do we need to change this stuff? And as I said at, at the beginning, it's a big reason of why I wanted to speak to you today because you've done something different with this podcast, the, the, the is it the Driving Instructor Development podcast. You've done something different there, something from the norm. Yes, there has been other podcasts out there. There's one by the ADI NJC, uh, but that's very, very different to yours. And looking online, there's other little podcasts that people start for a few weeks, then stop but you've put time and effort into yours. And like I say, you've got 15, 16 episodes in bag ready to go out. And so when you did this different thing, when you stepped away from the norm, and I'm sure there's other areas you've done it as well, was that massively coming out of your comfort zone? Was it being nervous doing it? Was there anxiety around that? Or, or did that not phase you all? Um, no, it didn't phase me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when you think about my past and what I've done, um, I've been put in challenging situations all my life. Mm. Um, not just the kinetic, you know, war fighting challenging situations, but other situations. Um, you know, when, when you, when you have to brief uh, a general on something, yeah, um, or even just a brigadier or somebody like that. Yeah, then it's it's quite challenging. So to sit and interview somebody is, you know, is 
second nature really um and i've been doing zoom sessions um for a year now anyway so i'm used to sitting here at the computer looking at my camera uh, with a microphone stuffed in in my face sort of thing um and i've had that as well throughout my army career you know when when i've had um certain news channels coming to me um, and wanting to interview me for certain things um, afghan was the job i was doing there i was always getting either the radio or or the news coming out to, to interview me so i'm sort of used to that so to come and do this and step out of the comfort zone and, and away from the norm so to speak and yeah it was just something else and, and you know that's that's what i've sort of done um you know i did i did the um BTEC level three BTEC level four with try coaching years ago um yeah and that's that's stepping away from the comfort zone because yeah. it's it's going from the the traditional way of teaching somebody to drive to you know looking at coaching and developing that and developing your, yourself um, yeah i i'll often do something new do something different um, and i've done that throughout you know throughout my both careers um in the army and in this um and it's just something that yeah i don't i don't really get phased by things like that it's yeah i'm uh <laughs> i'm actually doing i'm actually on tiktok now as well i've just started doing that um and it's like yeah i'm not doing stupid dances or anything yeah. like that yeah i sod that um but even that didn't phase me you know even when my when my lad is 23 now he turned around the other day and he's taking the mick out of me because his his mates have seen it like, and so what you know where a lot of people go oh, I'm, right i'm not doing it anymore then i'm like yeah so what it's um it's business it's you know it's marketing so yeah i, I step out of that all the time and try try different things you got to yeah I'd, I'd agree with that i think it's probably been the past 18 months where I've been doing that. Previous to that, I was very, very reluctant to go out of my comfort zone to do anything away from the norm. Um, and a large part of that for me, and, and speaking to others, I know this applies to a lot of people as well, it's that fear of you put something out there, then you hit with that wall of, why are you doing that? That's just stupid. That's pointless. You know, we, we instruct, we don't coach, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I suppose putting you on the spot a little bit more, what advice would you give to someone in, in that who maybe wanted to release a podcast of their own or whatever they wanted to do, but was scared because of that? What advice would you give to someone in that situation? Do it. Just do it. The, 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 the thing is, we as human beings are scared of failure. If you don't try something, you've already failed. How do you know it's not going to work if you don't try it? You know, you, you try it, and if it if it's not right, you adapt it. There's a great thing, uh, um, and you'll see it on adverts on the telly and the radio for the army. Then you saying fail, learn, win, and I use that. I I use that all the time now. Um, learn win i at the moment during lockdown i'm working on a covid testing team um and we have to erect these canopies by the van and etc etc and i'm the only one there with any sort of um construction brain shall we say from yeah. what i've done in the army so the boss of the team has put me in charge of building that and i just i just said some more you know, fail learn win if it doesn't work learn how to do it and you'll win next time um and it's the same you know it's the same this if somebody wants to do a podcast then yeah get out there try it speak to people speak to people that's done it um there's there's plenty of podcasts out there on on running your own podcast yeah um so to get out there yeah so, so get out there and try it because without trying things then you've already failed 
I think that's good advice. And I'm just going to tag my own a little bit on as well. And the thing I would say, because I, I get asked this as well, is don't try and get it perfect straight away. You know, there's a, no. an author I read and listen to, Rob Moore, and his big thing is start now, get perfect later. Just do mm. it. And like yeah. you said, you get the feedback, you learn from it, you go again. And it's that, that cycle. Yep, definitely. I, I I did that with the Zooms this time last year. Started off, um, in fact, before before the Zooms, I was doing videos. Um, Eighteen months ago, I started doing videos um, for my learners, um, and the first couple were a bit shaky. Then they got better and better and better and better. Yeah, and one thing I was finding was that I was doing. 10 15 takes just to get one video perfect now i'll sit in front of the camera and if it's not right it's that's all right okay yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't have to be word perfect um and and, and when these uh, the dogs just come in when the dog comes in and he gets up and his head's here yeah it's still going out because people yeah you know, it's, it's you know people relate to it and, and actually yeah you know, a dog dog's head in the in the thing will actually get you more likes more views more you know more, more people chatting about it because it's you know they love dogs so generally he's locked out but when he does come in he's yeah he'll climb up on me and, and they still go out i don't edit it out yeah well it's it's interesting you say that because i i do a, a live on facebook for my learners every monday night and mm. i usually get like somewhere between five and 15 of them tuning in. These are about 30, 45 minutes long. They prefer the version I released the next day, which set it down in 60 seconds of me just ballsing up. They think that's brilliant. Yeah. And me saying, um, 15 times, forgetting what we're saying, Ed Butting, camera, all that kind of stuff. I think that they prefer yeah. that to the actual useful stuff I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. it's weird. Um, all right, so a couple of questions to, to wrap up on. Uh, regarding our industry, obviously the the, the driver trade industry, what changes would you like to see in our industry over the next sort of five to ten years if you could click your fingers and make those changes occur? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the things is the way that PDIs train. Um at the moment the theory yes they need to they need to learn the theory but the way the theory is at the moment and this is just this isn't just for pdis actually this is for learners as well is it's a a, a lot of it is done by rote read this question read the answer read the question read the answer and that's how a lot of them are learning but it doesn't help because they're not getting they're not getting the um, knowledge behind that question. So for me, all these apps that are out there that have got question answer, question answer, question answer, they need to go because they are encouraging or they are the source of rote learning. Um, I don't know how how we get around it. That's one thing I would look at doing, of getting getting rid of, still having the theory, yeah, but in a different capacity, so that we can negate that rote learning, um, and do it some other way. You've actually sort of gone on to my my pet peeve there as well. Um, like you said, it's you're not learning the theory; you're memorising a series of words. Um, yep. there's there's a, a podcast out there at a the minute called the five minute theory i wonder who could run that podcast um <laughs> but that's why that was created it, it's, mm. it's to actually explain the questions and you know the focus on that was to talk about generally the questions that people struggle with and yeah. you know we're in the i'm sure you are but there's some learner groups that you'll go in on facebook and someone will ask a question for the theory and they'll say what's the answer to this and you'll get 50 people commenting see Option C, mm. well, you don't learn all. You, you, there's yeah. nothing learned there. So, yeah, I, I I would completely agree with that. And I think that 
As for what we can do about it, I think the only thing that I can think of at the minute, unless some sort of legislation changes, is as instructors, we actually can't enforce it, but we can just promote it as much as we possibly can and talk about it mm. more. And I used to be guilty of saying, oh, get this app, practice on the app. I used to be guilty of that. Yeah. Well, we yeah. stop that, we shut that down. And we don't, yes, the apps have uses. You can practice the test so you can practice that side of it, but actually promote stuff and, and push using the highway code and push using, I'm not plugging this because it's mine. I don't know any others at the minute, but promote a podcast on it, promote a course on it, promote training on it, train yourself on it. I think as instructors, that's something we could do. So I think it's a brilliant point you made there. Um, and then the last question that I would ask, and I suppose you could almost say you've answered this already, but if you was to give one piece of advice, just one tip, one piece of advice to any any driving instructor or, or PDI at the moment, what tip or piece of advice would you give them? Look at self-development. Um, so try and develop yourself, because if you can develop yourself, you'll better yourself, and then you'll better the... Uh, the quality that you're giving to your learners as well. Um, so look at your strengths and weaknesses and find out where you can go to improve those weaknesses so then those weaknesses become your strengths. Um, and if that means going to another instructor to develop it and paying them, do it. Yeah, every Every course I've done, I've gained value from and most courses that I've done, I've ended up putting my prices up after. Um, I like it. A man after my own heart. <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate you joining us today, Mick. Before I let you disappear, is there anything you want to promote? Um, anything you want to, where can people find you? Um, so you can find uh, the DID podcast, development podcast, by searching the DID EID podcast on all major platforms or you can find us at www.pod. <laughs> um, we have got a, a website as well for the expert instructor training that's at uh, expertinstructortraining.co.uk where there's a load of videos as well that you can um, uh, watch on various uh, subjects there, which will hopefully help, help people. Uh, it is a paid subscription, but there is 60 days free uh, to start with. Um, also, if you're a PDI or a newly qualified ADI that hasn't uh, yet sat a standards check, you can join us at Train to be a Driving Instructor on Facebook. Um, just uh, Send the send the uh, invite to you know to join the group. I will get it. You'll get a message off me just come, just to ask uh, whether you are a PDI or newly qualified, and as long as you are, then you'll be accepted in. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm all over Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, um, what's the other one? What's the other one? I've just started doing TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, that as well. Um, but yeah. Brilliant. Instagram. Yeah. Well, I'll put um, uh, links for your stuff in the show notes as well, so people can always go in yeah. there and, and go directly to you. Uh, but I genuinely appreciate you giving us your time. So I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It's been um, been a pleasure. It's been really interesting. So I appreciate it. I'm sure other people will think so as well. No problems. Cheers. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So thanks for Nick Nolser, uh, a great conversation as always. It was great hearing his experience and the big one for me is something that I speak about a lot as well in how he used his experience in other situations, in other trades, if you like, and how he uses that in his current trade. You know, the big one he spoke about was discipline. And I think it's something we can all do. I think we're too easy to dismiss other areas of life and look at our industry as just being like this is unique and only these certain things happen where we can actually take a step back and we can take from other industries from other trades from other people 
and apply them into ours. And that's not just a driving instructor thing, but probably everything, every industry you can take from everywhere and apply to your own. So I did find that really interesting. And again, thanks to Mick there. Now, this week we have given the DITC the week off. They did this a brilliant bonus episode through the week. So if you haven't heard that already, go back and check that out. Um, all about their interview uh, with NASP, or the q and I should say, with NASP. And it's just a, a verbal transcribe, if you like, of that interview. It's a great podcast, some great history on NASP as well. So go and check that out. That was a back episode that was released on Tuesday this week. So, yeah, a big thank you to Mick Knowles there and hope you all enjoyed this episode. So thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you click subscribe wherever you're listening so that the next one will drop straight into your podcast feed. If you want to get in touch with the show, head over to tcdrive.co.uk. You can get in touch with me by any method over there. And remember, let's just keep raising standards and stay safe.